That is, um, that is a great clip from a great movie called The Rookie about a guy who's 30-something who uh, was challenged by his baseball team to, to try out one more time for the major leagues. And uh, True story. And so I recommend the movie highly, by the way, and I don't do that often. It's called The Rookie. Good day to go rent it. and I would, I, That's not my copyright. I'd, I'd, I would uh, loan it to you. But um, isn't it amazing when you watch that clip of the hope that this guy has? All of a sudden, just, wow, he's so encouraged and, and such a hopeful person. And, of course, it has something to do with the fact that he threw a baseball 98 or 99 miles per hour. And, and uh, certainly today, just to be perfectly uh, accurate, there are more probably than uh, uh, the guys you can count on one hand who can throw it that fast. However, all of a sudden he's got hope. Uh, and the hope is because of how fast and how hard he can throw a baseball. Now, it's great and that's terrific and it's a great movie and all that. But what I want to talk to you about is, is being a person of hope and of optimism and of being positive. Not just because you can throw a baseball 100 miles an hour. Not that any of us can. We do have a pitcher present with us, by the way. He doesn't, he doesn't throw it 100 miles an hour, but he throws it, and it does all kinds of weird stuff. And uh, Park back here, he plays for Pingree, and he, uh, his, ball, his ball just kind of talks to you as it crosses the plate, and it's kind of fun. But anyway, none of us, other than one of us, can really do much with a baseball. But what I want to talk to you really about is this whole thing of, am I... Am I going to be a person of hope because of, of the things that I can do or, or even because of what's going on around me right now? And because, man, things are good. Been a good year. Been a good week. Or, and then maybe you didn't have such a good year. Or maybe you didn't have such a good week. And all of a sudden, you become not such a person of hope. God's got a better way. And I want to show you that. And uh, certainly there's nothing wrong with being incredibly optimistic about maybe fulfilling a lifelong dream like we saw in the movie. Nothing wrong with that. But what I'm looking for, and, and I, I think probably what you're looking for, too, is something that might last a little longer than just my last performance or, or my last good work or, or how things happen to be going. I've told many times a story of a, of a conference that I went to several years ago, and they had a little time of sharing um, at the beginning of it, and people would stand up and, oh, it's been a great year, and I'm so thankful, and it's this, and it's this, and then somebody else inevitably, inevitably would come up and say, oh, it's been, a, it's, been a, it's been a tough year, and it's been sad. And it's been... That was the same conference, by the way, in which I probably made the biggest, well, I won't say the biggest fool I've ever made out of myself, because I've made a career out of making a fool out of myself at different times. And... Um, but that was the same conference where I had just come. This is, this is a true story. I, I, I haven't told this here. But this is, I, a buddy of mine had just come uh, from a big golf tournament that we would play in every year down in, uh, down in Phoenix area. And we were like in contention for the championship. And on like the last hole, I took the gas, man. I took the gas. What that basically means is I choked my guts out, Okay and just yanked it over in the desert. And I was so depressed because we ended up not, not winning, and I felt like it was my fault. It wasn't totally my fault, but I felt that way. And so I got to this little group, and I was sharing about that and, and saying, you know, I'm, I'm kind of I'm I'm down 
after this weekend because I had this great golf tournament and I was doing really well and my buddy and I had it under, had it won and I just I choked and uh, and I'm kind of depressed. The next lady to share uh, this this I mean this is funny and it's not funny. Uh, started talking about her family and the death of a son and another son was in jail and I'm sitting here thinking. You are the biggest idiot on the face of the earth, Rich. You're talking about losing a golf match. And this lady's talking about life stuff. Isn't that weird? But even in that, is there a possibility that we can still be people of, of hope? People, positive people. See, that, that's really, I, I, that's, that's what I believe is, is, is one of the really strong tenets of the gospel. And of knowing Christ is that we don't have to be dependent upon what's going on around us and can even go through horrible things, ourselves or our family or whatever, or even something as silly as a, as a golf match in my case. Uh, we can go through horrible things and still be a person of hope, optimism, where positivity not a word, don't run through your spell checker, but you've got my drift, where positivity rules today. So, how does that happen? How does that work? Um, and, and, you know, just let me, this, let me give you the opposite of these things. And just, just run through them for you verbally here for a moment. The opposite of this is being negative, having negative thinking, being pessimistic, being cynical, being critical, having a doomsday attitude, um, fault finding, nitpicking, whatever you want to call it. That's the opposite of this. And I would just say this, all of those things that often you find in those places where you have people who call themselves followers of Christ, oftentimes are the exact opposite of what God tells us life should be like for those of us who have desired and who desire to follow him. I want to show you a couple of thoughts and, and, and kind of get you thinking along these lines with me because this is something that has been ingrained in my soul and my, my it's, it's really is... is my buddy Steve over here likes to go, it's in my DNA, he calls it. This has been in my DNA since, since a young, young man. Because so many times in the church or in quote-unquote Christian circles, I've seen people that I have come away saying, as a young man, I, I would see this. I would see, you know what, I, I don't know what their deal is, but they're in church every time the door opens and, and they're supposed to be the... The, you know, the epitome of what a good, quote-unquote, Christian is supposed to be, whatever that is. And all I know is what I see in their life, I don't want. I don't want anything like that. I remember, that, I remember thinking that a number of times as a young man with people who would just be like a just pessimistic and critical and fault-finding. And, and, you know, to put it in a real shallow terminology, just not much fun to be around. To put it in even more shallow terms... Buttheads, just buttheads, okay? Yeah, you understand what I mean by that, all right? Um, so what about that? Does God have a better way? You bet he does. Some thoughts that I want you to think about, just to kind of get you along these lines with me. The first one comes from a, a Czech philosopher um, who also was a, he was a philosopher and a dramatist and also the president of Czechoslovakia. He was a dissident in Czechoslovakia as well and was president for a few years. Hope is not the conviction that something will turn out well, but the certainty that something makes sense, regardless of how it turns out. 
Havel said that. Isn't that a great thought when you think about that? It's, it's, it's the certainty that something makes sense regardless of how it turns out. Boy, that's, uh, that's some powerful thought. One of my great favorite authors in the last century and great writer and theologian and philosopher, Chesterton, said this, Hope is the power of being cheerful in circumstances which we know to be desperate. Now, that's, again, that's what I'm talking about. When we're, so I was given my illustration of, of my horrible golf game and the lady who had literally a bad, bad year with her family. Is there such a thing as having hope, being cheerful in circumstances which we know are desperate? Third little thought that I want you to think about from another guy. He's not a lot wise, but it's a good thought. Those of us who know God... For those of you listening by ways of CD, this, I'm quoting myself on this, so that's who I'm talking about. Those of us who know God are the ones who should be, in any situation, the first to offer hope, positive spin, to give reasons as to why one can look up no matter what is going on outwardly. I really just wanted to say that, so I sort of quoted myself on all that. Now, here's my challenge in these next few minutes that we have. My challenge is, I really want you to see this. I, I, I really want you to see this with all of my being. At the same time, I have to be careful not to give you a formula. Because formulas don't work. Because if I say, okay, here's how you're going to get this. Boom, boom, boom. One, two, three. There you go. Get out of here. You're in good shape. You know, have a nice glass of wine and call me tomorrow, next week, whatever. If it were that simple... I'd, I'd just tell you that. But it, it's, there's not a formula. Okay? There's not a, there's not a boom, boom, boom. There's not a, there's not a information download that we can, that we can sort of download into your brain and all of a sudden you're going to be this person. It's got to come, it's got to come from the heart. It's got to come from the mind. Only God can change a heart. And that's my prayer for myself and for you. No matter what may be going on around you. I had, a, I had an assistant, administrative assistant many years ago, older lady, most joyful person I'd ever known in my life. She'd been through one of the worst divorces you can imagine. She had cancer, lost a leg, um, had cancer again. And yet, I mean, every kind of, had huge, huge issues with some children problems. And yet this person just bubbled joy. Just, it just came from within. And it wasn't fake. It wasn't a formula. It was just, it was just all I can tell you is Christ inside of her. And, and that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. So I'm going to give you some thoughts here. Again, these are not formulas. I'm going to, I'm going to give you three thoughts to kind of, from the Bible. I call these three verses that will make the most pessimistic person an optimist. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but, uh, but we're going to look at that. And Romans 5 is the first one that I have for you there. And uh, then just, just read it with me here, and, and then we'll, I'll show you the point. Not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. Perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. What I want you to see in this is this. God is most concerned about building the intangibles in your life. That's the point. Let me show you that real quick. God is most concerned about building the intangibles in your life. What are those intangibles? 
perseverance, character, proven character, hope. God's concerned about that. Sometimes, and I don't understand this, and, and God and I have had some conversations about this. He hadn't answered me yet, but we've had some conversations about this. Sometimes we pray for relief and we pray for God to change that circumstance. Sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. So what do you do with that? Well, I have to keep going back and saying, God, I I may not like this, but I I just have to have trust that you know better than I do. And I've learned over the years he does. Doesn't mean that I don't question it sometimes, because I do. All of us do at times. That's okay. Nothing wrong with questioning God. He's big enough for that. He's big enough for that. David did. Read the Psalms. He did that frequently. But God is most concerned about building the intangibles in your life, not just changing the external. Sometimes he does that. And that's terrific. Sometimes he changes us. There's another verse, I don't have it for you uh, to look at this morning, but I'll just quote it to you. Uh, there's another verse that uh, in, in the book of Psalms where he says, delight yourself in the Lord. David says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And uh, that's a great verse because some people quote that often. And, and you know, one of, the, one of the really tricky things about that is sometimes God will trick you. <laughs> he'll give you the desires of your heart, but he'll change them. And some of the things that maybe you never desired before, he'll, he'll give you a desire for the right things. Oftentimes. So, God's concerned about building intangibles in your life. He's not just the, as somebody said, the great granddaddy in the sky who, who just wants to give you a, you know, a popsicle every time you want one. He's concerned about developing that character in your life. All right, let me show you another verse that's going to take you from being a pessimist into being, a, into being an optimist. Uh, before I do that, let me just show you this quote from C.S. Lewis because I like this. Uh, Pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. That's a great quote because that's telling us that God uses pain oftentimes to build into our... That may be physical, that may be emotional, that may be other kinds. He does that oftentimes to build those intangibles in our lives. All right? So that's the first thing that I want you to see. The second thing I want you to see comes from this passage. Let me show you this. This is in Jeremiah 29. Here's what he says. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. It's for his people here. To give you a future and a hope. To tho- in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me in earnest, you will find me when you seek me. Here's the point that I want you to see. Very simple, very easy, very quick. Here it is. God has plans for you, and they're all good. That's what Jeremiah tells us. I, I, I want to prosper you. There's, there's plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and to give you hope. It may not look the way I think it should look at any particular time. And sometimes when we're in the midst of some of those valleys or whatever you want to call them, we're thinking, what, uh, God, this is good, you know? And I think God probably says in his own way, hang on, just hang on. You know, so this is, I mean, this, God has plans for you and they're all good. If we can just kind of get that down and sink that down into our, into our brain and into our, into our person as to who we are, that's going to change our attitude. And see, part of what I'm trying to get you to understand is God's people, 
Those of us who've come to faith in Christ ought to be the most positive, optimistic people of hope on the face of the earth. That doesn't mean, don't be trite. That doesn't mean we're never negative. That doesn't mean we're never cynical. I'm kind of cynical these days about construction, you know. But many, many of us, sorry, bring that up. Uh, got some folks going through remodeling down here too. I'm not a good one. To, don't come to counseling with me for about remodeling and stuff. I'm not a good one right now. But, um, um, you know, I don't mean we don't get cynical at times. I don't mean we get negative at times. But, but the core person of who we are, when we understand who God is and what Christ is doing in my life, that core person is the, 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 whole, the whole word that I like to use, positivity. Wrong word, I know, wrong, that's not a word, but hang with me. Rules a day. Because we know whom we serve. And that is God Almighty, whoever we are. So God has plans for me. And they're all good. Doesn't mean that everything that happens to me is good. And we're going to look at that in just a moment. Doesn't mean that... You know, well, I'm just going to ask God. And there's this, there's this really, really, I don't know. I call it crap theology. You can call it whatever you want to call it. That goes around that says if we have enough faith, you know, we're going to do away with all of our sicknesses and illnesses, and we're going to do away with all of our financial problems, and we're going to do away with all of our other. If we have enough faith, and if those things aren't happening in your life, you don't have enough faith. Well, those people, whoever believes that kind of ridiculous garbage, ought to go to the Bible and they ought to read about Moses and some of the problems he had. You ought to read about Paul, the Apostle Paul, some of the problems he had because he didn't have faith. I mean, even our Lord had to undergo different problems, not so much from, from, of his own doing, but of others and so forth. So that, that's, that's, that's just really poor theology. And, it, and I, the, the worst part about that, I'm not here just to give you a good theology lesson, although I hope you get that. But I'm, I'm also here to tell you that, that, that that's, just, that's just wrong thinking and it misleads people. And it gives people some kind of a pie-in-the-sky view of what it means to walk with, walk with God, have a relationship with God. It's just not true. You know, it doesn't mean there aren't any more issues, there aren't any more problems, there aren't any more struggles, there aren't any more failures. It doesn't mean that at all. It gives us the means by which to deal with all of those things, though. And as a result of that, there is a, there is a, a hope, a positiveness that rules the day, that rules the life because of God. Because God has plans for you and they're all good. Third thought that I want you to see comes from a passage maybe, maybe that you've heard, maybe not, I don't know. Romans chapter 8. For we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose for them. Great verse. I, I paraphrase that like this. That's why we can be sure, so sure, that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. That's part, partially the message and partially a little bit me with that paraphrase. Um, that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. It isn't good all the time. It isn't good at the moment, but it can be worked into good. When you think back on your life, and I think back on my life, um, we went to a... Um, conference by way of satellite this week. Uh, Willow Creek, remember the Willow Creek Association, which is this huge church up in Chicago of about, I don't know what, 15,000 or 20,000, yeah, 20,000 or so, and they, and they have an association of about 10,000 churches of which we are one. There's several other churches in their area are as well. And, um, and we went to the conference and it was by satellite and it was over at New Providence. And, and uh, 
One of the things that uh, Hybels, uh, Bill Hybels, who's the pastor there and one of the teachers of this, of this seminar said that I thought was really good. He said, some of the greatest lessons, it was about leadership. The whole conference was on leadership. And he said, the, one of the, the greatest lessons that we've learned, or that I've learned, he said, in leadership have to do with those times where I've failed and have come from some of my darkest hours. And I thought about that for a moment. And I thought, you know, that's true with me. So when we look at a, at, a, at a passage from the Bible like this, it doesn't mean that everything is good. But there is, underlying all of that, this, this blanket of positivity of saying, hey, this positiveness, hey, God's going to use this for good in my life. Which is why I come to this conclusion right here that I'm going to give you. Nothing happens to you that will not ultimately benefit you. Nothing happens to you that will not ultimately benefit you. That's some good stuff, folks. That can change my attitude about life. That can change my attitude about going through some of those very hard, hard things in life that can be very painful. But at the same time, if I I understand this, and I understand this truth that we find from, 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 from the Bible... It's going to change my whole, my, whole mental, my whole mental attitude about life. That's why I can say that the person who is connected to God through Jesus Christ, then that person should be more than anybody else, the person of optimism, the person of hope, the person through whom positivity or positiveness rules the day. Word of explanation, and, and, and because this will outdate most of you, but it's not just an outdated book, but it's a, a theory that has, that has really carried over into generations after that. Many, when I was a young man, there was a book that was very popular by a New York minister, Norman Vincent Peale. It was called The Power of Positive Thinking. Maybe you've, whether you've read the book or not, you've probably heard that term or something like that term because it's sort of transcended generations now. And part of that thinking was, well, you need to think positive and positive things will be happened to you, will, will happen to you. And, and, and there's, there's a, just for the record, I, I, don't, I never met Dr. Peel, but I have known some people who were very close to him, and I do believe he was a great man of faith. I'm not sure I agree with all of his conclusions in that book, but here's how I would say it, and here's what I think, here's what I think the Bible teaches about that. If we think positive, do positive things happen? I don't know about that. But if I'm a person of faith, and if I understand these these basic principles from the Bible, then I'm going to be a positive person. Because I'm connected to the creator and the God of the universe. Who's going to take my pains and my sorrows and my failures and my sicknesses and and my stupidity and, and all the other things as well as my successes. And use them in a way that's going to make me the kind of person that God wants me to be. It's part of the journey. It's part of the process. I get excited about that. I can, I can smile about that. I can go through the day, even though some stuff's going on that I may not be like, that I may not like, I can get pretty fired up about that. It's going to change how I live. It's going to change my demeanor. It's going to change, you ready for this? It's going to change how I present myself to others and He who I represent 
if I'm a believer in Christ, that being God. It's going to change that a whole lot. Is it a trite thing? Am I I always going to be happy in this and this? No, not always, because bad things still happen. And frankly, some things happen that I'm not happy about. You know, you watch the news this week. It's been a rough week, you know, especially for those of us here in New Jersey. Um, You know, you can't smile and you can't watch that and say, oh, isn't this great? And isn't that wonderful? No, you can't think that. You you feel for all kinds of people who are being hurt and feel for all kinds of people who are being uh, left homeless and all the other kinds of things with the weather and so forth. So I'm not saying we, we, but, but there's an underlying tone of, hey, wait a minute. I don't know why that happened or that happened, but there's, there's an underlying, in my, in my belief structure, in my quote-unquote worldview that says, kind of, what, kind of what Chesterton said in that quote that I gave you a little bit ago, and that is, you may not understand how it all works together, but in the end it's going to make sense. Don't know how that's going to work. Some of that I'm going to know 10 years from now. Some of that I may not ever know until I go to be with Christ. But the issue is this. It's all about looking up the person. The person who trusts in Christ is the person who has the whole deal, the whole thing. When you think about that, they got, they're a person of optimism, a person of positiveness. It's going to rule the day because of who their God is and who their creator is and their relationship to him and with him. That's what we're about here. And I just want to say that as we close. And for some, many of us, many of us, we've come to a point in our lives where we have given our lives to Christ. And for those of us in that situation, maybe we need to just sort of refocus on some of these things that we've talked about. I don't know the situation of everyone here. Some of you may need to come to grips with that maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe think about it. Where you say, you know what, I don't know that I've done that, but I, I want to, I just want to, Lord, I want to give you my life. I want to be rightly related to you. And you can do that whether, right where you're sitting or when you're praying tonight or tomorrow or whenever you, as you think about that, asking God to just take over your life and give your life to him. Let's pray now and thank God for our time. Lord, this is, this is great stuff, God. I'm, I'm so thankful that I can stand here with confidence and say, well, there are many things that can happen that I don't understand. There are many things that can happen that, that boggle the mind. I'm so thankful and so grateful, Lord, that, that I know my God and my Creator. And Lord, I pray for each one of us as we examine our own hearts and our own lives and focus, refocus, whatever the case may be, that if those of us who are people of faith in you, in Christ, would recognize we are to be the most optimistic, powerful, powerfully positive people on the face of the earth because we have a relationship with our Creator, with our God. Lord, we thank you for those truths. We commit them, commit them to you and pray that you would Help us to absorb them in our, in our mind as well as in our hearts. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.